Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. The big story is what took place in Loudoun County in Virginia and the school board stopping the parents from being able to speak and then basically fight broke out. Basically a fight broke out. People got arrested. Do school boards understand that the parents are not going to stop? They really are opposed to these things. They're opposed to teaching hatred. And you can spin it all you want. These people don't know what critical race theory is. And you don't understand. Stop it. Stop it. You sound silly. Almost as silly as the people who can't believe that Senate Bill 1, the For the People Act, it wasn't even brought up for debate and they're out there yelling and they're screaming and this is why we need to do away with the filibuster. But you were fine with the filibuster. As a matter of fact, when you were in the minority, you thought the filibuster was unbelievably remarkably important. Now all of a sudden the filibuster is no good? Even Jake Tapper is noticing the, the radical amount, the ridiculous amount of hypocrisy going on 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 this subject tony katz tony katz today it's good to be with you facebook tony katz radio parlor instagram twitter at tony katz he's got senator uh, richard blumenthal on the show senator richard blumenthal who of course lied about his vietnam service because that's what senator richard blumenthal did he lied about his vietnam service and he's like why are you a hypocrite well, I mean, Democrats control the White House, they control the House, they control the Senate. I mean, if, what are you talking about preventing billionaires from, from controlling politics? I mean, you, are, you guys control everything right now. We may have an evenly divided Senate and control because the vice president can break a tie, but the filibuster rules, as the American people are beginning to understand, require us to have 60 votes just to proceed to debate just to talk about the bill and that's why a lot of us including many of our leaders believe that we should tremendously modify the filibuster i'm in favor of abolishing it but in the meantime we can mobilize support among the american people to understand that dark money the money that goes to elections without disclosure is determining the outcomes and that's what we need disclosure to shine a light on and that's why this bill is so important to end that kind of corruption senator haven't you voted in favor of filibustering republican legislation not allowing them to even even proceed to a discussion and amendment process and debate on on a bill we have used the 60 vote threshold a number of times for but you're, example, just, but you're talking about it being corrupt but you've used it too They don't care. I'm impressed Jake Tapper actually went down the road. A reminder that he can be a journalist when he chooses. He just chooses so often not to be. They don't care. They are power hungry. And as we will go through, they don't believe that the minority, in this case the Republicans, should have any say at all in anything whatsoever. They don't believe that many of us should have any voice. We should do solely, exclusively, explicitly 
what they want us to do, and if we don't do it, they will just call us racists and guilty of it of being in an apartheid state. Oh, that's a, a doozy. And the rest. You shut down debate or conversation in, in, in Loudoun County, Virginia, because you don't like the fact that you're getting yelled at. Oh, we don't want to listen to you anymore. You're an elected official. You're an elected school board member. This is what you do. That you don't want to hear it is meaningless. If you don't want to hear it, quit. Get off the school board. But you, we don't want to hear you, so we'll just shut you up. We don't want you to have a say, so we will change the rules to keep you from being able to do anything. Unless, of course, we become in the minority, in which case we'll make sure that we only have these rules. And a reminder again that it was Donald Trump who said we should get rid of the filibuster and Republicans said no and 31 Democrats signed on to that letter. Then there's the story of the Supreme Court. Oh, there's a lot going on, kids. A lot. So a cheerleader went on a profane Snapchat rant. I don't know what was said. Pennsylvania high school student, cheerleader, went on a profane rant off of school grounds. The high school kicked her off the team. The court ruled that while the schools maintain some interest in regulating students' off-campus speech, the factors in this specific case weighed against the school's action, and the ruling was 8-1. to one. Clarence Thomas with the dissent. The school argues, according to Stephen Breyer, who, by the way, it's interesting, he's doing more of the opinions, or at least that's in my view he's doing more of the opinions, considering the political left wants him to retire so Joe Biden can put a, a further leftist on the court before they lose control of the Senate, which they know they're going to lose control of, and they won't be able to put their nominees on the court. The school argues that it was trying to prevent disruption, if not within the classroom, then within the bounds of a school-sponsored extracurricular activity. But we can find no evidence in the record of the sort of substantial disruption of a school activity or a threatened harm to the rights of others that might justify the school's actions. It might be tempting to dismiss her words as unworthy of the robust First Amendment protections discussed herein, but sometimes it is necessary to protect the superfluous in order to preserve the necessary. Which is an interesting, interesting take. Clarence Thomas argues that the majority did not look closely enough at the precedents about how schools may punish students for speech that happens outside of school but could affect what happens inside of the schoolhouse gates. And here's the quote. A school can regulate speech when it occurs off campus so long as it has a proximate tendency to harm the school, its faculty or students, or its programs. Thomas argues that the Supreme Court student speech jurisprudence is, quote, untethered from any textual or historical foundation. The majority, quote, departed from the historical rule, unquote, and didn't explain why. Now, I have always said that students have no free speech. Zero. It does not exist for them. The school can make that decision. 
I think it's interesting that Clarence Thomas could say something so blistering of people like Amy Coney Barrett and Neil Gorsuch. And I think the argument is, could, could be if the student is making a claim of harm, you may have an argument. But if the student is just saying, as the student did, blank this, blank that, F this, F that, F the other, right? That, that's what they, the, the student was going on a rant about. F these people. Oh, then that could just be ugly. But you can question whether or not it actually put anybody in harm. And they can make the argument that nobody is harmed in, in such a thing. But I tend to lean towards Clarence Thomas. That the student does not have rights in regards to free speech. And if the student had just been on a rant about a series of things, right, that would be different than if the student is on a rant about the specific school. And that could be a difference. But this is going to be an interesting conversation regarding free speech. And here's the Supreme Court saying that a high school student has the right to say blank this one, blank that one, blank the other one. But Loudoun County, Virginia, shutting off parents from speaking about what's going on with their students in those same schools. Come on. The irony just punches you directly in the face. It's a fascinating one-two punch. By the way, if you did not hear what was going on in, in, in the schools, I mean, some of this, the yelling Disgusting and screaming and everything else. I mean, it's hundreds and hundreds of people who were in the schools, hundreds and hundreds. And when they got shut off, it's man. Everyone's just got to be accepting of the fact that this this is going to be happening everywhere. And then, of course, the sheriff was called in. Declaring the school board meeting an unlawful assembly. Everyone's told to get out. Get out or you will be trespassing. That's funny. Mayor Ted Wheeler never said anything to the people of Portland like that. Neither did Mayor Jenny Durkin of Seattle. Lord knows if Joe Hogsett said it on two nights of rioting in Indianapolis. They attended a school board meeting. They got shut up. They're infuriated and they're told to leave because they're the ones who are unlawful. How are they trespassing? It's, it's, it's school property. It's their property. They're the taxpayers of that community. So we have got a series of things that are going on that expose deeply this perverted situation within our schools, within our society. Riots can happen 
And that's fine. But when parents are upset that the school board tells them they're not allowed to speak anymore, that's unlawful. The Supreme Court can rule that free speech exists for the student. But it doesn't exist for the school board member. Meanwhile, the Attorney General Todd Rakita of Indiana, he's released a parent's bill of rights. Oh, good Lord. Putting a statement out to Fox News, education policy and curriculum should reflect the values of Indiana families while meeting the mandatory requirements set forth in law. The single most effective way to ensure school accountability is for parents to engage in their children's education. The Parents' Bill of Rights empowers them to do just that. Uh, may, May I say, for the record... Uh, 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 Attorney General Rokita, and we've had Todd Rokita on the show. He's always been very lovely uh, to me. I've texted with the man before. I I I I I appreciate that some people like him, and some people uh, they he drives them, them crazy. Uh, the rights that are on uh, this list uh, is the right and expectation to participate in the selection and approval of academic standards for the state of Indiana. You have the right and expectation to question and review the curriculum taught in your child's school by questioning local school board and school administrators. Right? These are all things that you have a right to do. Parents have a fundamental right to know what is being taught in the classroom. Now, it's not that I disagree with them. I'm just seeing this and I've got to read about it. But in the state of Indiana, all Hoosiers understand that Todd Rokita is running for governor, right? Raise your hand, Producer Ari, if you believe Todd Rokita is running for governor. My hand is raised. Yeah, both hands are raised and he's got a foot in the air. That's what this is. He ain't wrong, but that's what this is. Just so we're clear. But he happens to be right. And the governor of Indiana has been very silent on these things. And we've talked about the idea of radical math, which is in the Department of Education for Indiana is in, in, the, in their uh, website. Radical math is about social justice and mathematics. Of course, that should be ripped out by the root. I don't know why it hasn't been. I have no idea why it hasn't been ripped out. But the governor, Eric Holcomb, is silent, silent on these things. I don't know why. He really doesn't like getting into some of these subjects. But these subjects are going to get into him. Parents are not going away. Not at all. I'm Tony Katz. I thought the White House was telling us they were going to miss the Independence Day target on having 70% of Americans have at least one COVID shot, right? Wasn't that the conversation? And next thing you know, there wasn't going to be any backlash and, and, and no more restrictions. It's, it's like they, they, they missed it and they were fine with it. Tony Katz, great to be with you on Tony Katz today. Funny, when they have to put out their predictions, right, and their goals based on what Trump put together, they hit them. But based on what Biden put together, and they didn't. I find that very, very interesting. But I thought that was the deal. If the White House is now saying that 70% of Americans, 30 or older, have received one uh, dose of COVID, Well, then isn't that what their goal was? 
So why do they tell me they didn't reach the goal when it certainly looks like they're saying they 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 reached uh, their goal? Or is this data that they're giving a way of trying to save face? I'm I'm not sure what it is that that I'm looking at here. I'm not sure why uh, this is why do we make this the moment of contention? And maybe it's because without COVID, the administration has to look in the mirror and deal with things like the border, like gas prices. Anybody else going to notice that gas is up a buck? It's up a dollar. It's crazy. No one else is going to notice this? No one else is going to ask? Is there no one in the press corps that's going to be like, hey, gas prices? Which is, of course, a tax. Real dollars. If I'm filling up my tank once a week and I have to spend an extra $20 a week to fill up the tank, it's $80 a month, it's $960 a year, that means little Johnny didn't go to camp. Or no one went out to eat four or five different times. Or this or that or the other. That's what it means. That's what it means. But speaking of COVID, this is Dr. Anthony Fauci. We are not done until we completely crush this outbreak. We seem, as was the case with B117, we seem to be following the pattern with the Delta variant, with a doubling time of about two weeks. If you look from the May 8th with 1.2 to 2.7 to 9.9, and as of a couple of days ago, 20.6% of the isolates are Delta. Similar to the situation in the UK, the Delta variant is currently the greatest threat in the US to our attempt to eliminate COVID-19. So now we have to pay real attention to the Delta variant. And we're not so sure we'll be able to get back to everyday life because of the Delta variant first. You called it Delta because you want to buy into the idea that referring to it as the Wuhan virus is racist or bigoted, which it isn't. Secondly, if the Delta variant is even more of a threat than COVID and tougher to fight than COVID, can we stop with mask mandates and everything else and pretend that they they never have to come back? Same thing with shutting things down because that's not going to stop this. It's not going to stop anything. Or have we heard Dr. Fauci give us nonsense for so long that we're not even going to believe him? I think we're going to choose not to believe him. Don't blame us. Blame yourself. This is Tony Katz today. All across your social media feeds, you've seen Loudoun County, Virginia, and you've seen parents be shut off by the school board and no more public comment. We're not going to listen to this because, well, the school boards are getting just smacked around for uh, the bigotry taking place in schools. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's a pleasure, guys. Absolutely a pleasure. And that bigotry is teaching people to hate, teaching kids to hate it's happening and it's not a deniable subject 
that people want to deny that it's critical race theory, well, they can deny that it's critical race theory all they choose. I saw this uh, from Joy Reid over at MSNBC, and I said, oh, this is going to be a treat. Why? They, 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 they call critical race theory uh, Marxism. What do, you, what do you think of that? <laughs> so I just wrote down a few of the notes of what people are calling um, critical race theory. Marxism, racism, bigoted. Uh, let's, let's start with the Marxism. That's their favorite one. They're using that every single time. Uh, and I, I hate to ask you, I hate to ask dumb questions, so please don't think that I'm dumb. <laughs> Is critical race well, theory Marxism? Well, well let's start with uh, some, some basics. The idea of creating racial divides, the idea of engaging in this classism, the idea, these, these concepts absolutely have uh, ties uh, to the Frankfurt School and absolutely have ties uh, to Marxism which believes in the eradication of things like the nuclear family and of religion to tear down Western civilization. That goes without saying. The Frankfurt School that pushes these, uh, that originally pushed these social theories going back uh, to to, uh, the 30s absolutely have a basis in 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 marxism they they discuss as much so we don't have to question whether or not it's marxism it is what it is what it is but in the idea of what is cultural marxism The idea of of trying to tear down Western civilization, which, by the way, if you ever look it up in Wikipedia, cultural Marxism conspiracy theory, a far-right anti-Semitic conspiracy theory, which claims Western Marxism is the basis of continuing academic and intellectual efforts to subvert Western culture. It's a far-right anti-Semitic conspiracy theory? No, it's not. No, it's not. This this is right there in, in Wikipedia. It's unbelievable. What nonsense. Yeah, uh, I don't necessarily trust Wikipedia people. That's that's some ugly stuff. And if if it, if it's if it's anti-Semitism, why am I discussing it? Because I know that communism that state uh run anything uh never really works out well for the Jews. So maybe my the entirety of my politics is based on the idea of self-preservation, which isn't, I, I think, the worst thing. I just think that I've been able to uh, decide upon something that allows other people to preserve the most of themselves as well, which is, you know, pretty awesome if you ask me. Pretty fantastic. Um, I'm down. I'm a fan. But... Here is Joy Reid asking, is uh, critical race theory uh, Marxism the answer? Look, you know what? Here's here's the thing, Joy. Um, critical race theory is not so much a thing. It's a way of looking at a thing. It's a way of looking at race. It's a way of looking at why after so many decades, centuries, actually, since the emancipation, we have patterns of inequality that are enduring. They are stubborn. And the point of critical race theory originally was to think and talk about how law contributed to the 
subordinate status of African Americans, of indigenous people, and of an entire uh, group of people who were, were coming to our shores uh, from, from Asia. Um, and the point was, quite frankly, to understand the problem in order to intervene in it, to understand why the greatest uh, uh, hopes for our republic were not being realized, even though these hopes were encoded in law. So critical race theory just inherits the uh, beliefs and the hopes of Frederick Douglass, of, of Martin Luther King, who basically want the law to do for the freed people what the law did for enslavers. And we picked that up in the 70s and 80s after the civil rights movement to say, okay, so now we've had this big civil rights movement we have all these laws in the books um, but things really aren't looking as different as they should if we are really the society that we say we are so we so we should first understand I want to give you the the full and complete answer there that the person answering is Kimberly Crenshaw I wasn't familiar with Kimberly Crenshaw She's a Columbia Law School professor, and as MSNBC says it, she is the one who coined the term critical race theory. And of course, Joy Reid has it as the GOP's fact-free freakout over critical race theory. This is the way they want to phrase this. If you want to make an argument that laws were created that kept people down, I'm not going to argue that with you. If you had redlining, which created situations by which certain people couldn't buy homes in certain areas, and therefore certain areas went up in value and certain areas went up less in value, you create a disparity in the wealth created in the selling of those homes, in the use of that real estate. I'm not saying no to this. I am, however, noting that more than just black Americans were subject to redlining. The question, of course, is now what do you do about such a thing? Now, I'm in favor of throwing those lawmakers in jail for forever. If you want to beat those lawmakers with a stick, okay by me. What does any of it have to do with teaching children that they are either oppressed or the oppressor? And the answer there is none. You'll also noted, you'll note that she does not uh, explain the connection to Marxism nor deny the connection to Marxism. She completely avoids that. It is an undeniable in the connection to Marxism. But we should not eliminate from our lives rational conversation. The question before us is where does this rational conversation go? There is a teacher in one of the states where they've said, we don't teach critical race theory here. And you know what her answer is? Do it anyway. After all, we're not teachers. We're activists. This is what Today is the first time our country has recognized Juneteenth as a national holiday. And yet I'm getting ready to go back to school in the fall. And my governor has put into place some ridiculous legislation that many governors across the country put into place, such as I can't teach anything divisive, I can't teach critical race theory, and I can't teach about racial equity. This is at all public schools, colleges, and universities. 
So, teachers, in the past, we've been activists. After the show of last year, we really need to stand up and do what's right for our kids right now. So, this is a call to action, teachers. we got to stand up and fight for our kids because this is We can't lie to them. Well, don't lie to them. And we didn't hire you to be an activist. We hired you to be a teacher, to be an educator. Now you're telling us why you should be fired. And I want to say for the record, this teacher should be fired. We don't want activists. We want educators. And there are some things that ain't your responsibility. So when school districts want to talk about how important it is to teach children about social-emotional learning, you are putting into the, the, into the world the idea that you... Not the parent teaches children the proper way to react. I am not saying the teacher doesn't have a role. We should have a, a, a basic ideas of don't hit other people, apologize when you do something wrong, those kinds of things. But now you're not taking into account their experiences. You understand how you're saying something bad because you haven't, you know, respected where they come from. That's not a conversation for a sixth grader. This teacher shouldn't be teaching. Not a teacher. This is not a teacher. This is an indoctrinator. Fire her. And if a union can't understand why she should be fired, break that teacher's union in two. I didn't say she couldn't have the opinion. She is free to have the opinion. She is not free to teach my children, or I would argue your children, because she has admitted she is not a teacher. She's an activist. So therefore, she's not doing the job that we require. Now, all of this can get you crazy. All of this can get you worked up. There was a, a piece in the New York Times. I know, I know, I'm quoting the New York Times. How, how can I trust it? But it was about coffee, and I said, you know what? I'm willing to give it a go. Four to five eight-ounce cups of coffee a day associated with reduced death rates according to numerous studies. Uh, I am a, I am in. I am a fan. And yes, 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 I am working on my own coffee. It's actually been going on for a while. Like there's this this whole charitable thing I want to do with coffee. That's going to come out. But I, I have been working on, on my own coffee. I am getting closer. I'm only hoping to have it out uh, this year. Uh, life's short. Do things. That, 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 that's my take. Life is short. Do things. But it's so funny that everything they tell you is bad for you turns out not so much. Not so much. I remember when eggs were terrible for you, and I was like, okay, fine. Coffee, ah, too much coffee. No, 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 coffee's good for you. Now, some things are bad for you. Some things are bad. I'll, I'll get into that story in, in, in a little bit. But my advice, uh, um, sip well. Sip very well. I'm Tony Katz. It's a 95-year-old message in a bottle found by a boat captain. I mean, what are the odds? What are the odds? Tony Katz, great to be with you guys. So this woman named Jennifer Dowker, who's a boat captain, she runs shipwreck tours. 
so she's i guess doing her doing her thing uh she's up in michigan oh there are shipwrecks in michigan uh the edmund fitzgerald people right that's 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 one of the greats in terms of uh, songs and and a, and a story i don't mean to say it in a celebratory way she owns something called nautical north family adventures um scuba diving on the sheboygan river cleaning the windows on the bottom of her glass bottom boat which is something i don't think i could do freak me out and she finds uh, uh this bottle and she's collected other small bottles before odds and ends that she has found and there's a message in the bottle the bottle was two-thirds filled with water and still had part of the cork inside she gets the note out and it's actually a note will the person who finds this bottle return this paper to george morrow sheboygan michigan and tell where it was found so like what in the world is is this and they start tracking people down they put the message out there it was shared a hundred thousand times something worthy of, of social media more than six thousand comments they eventually run into George Morrow's daughter and are like, yeah, we, we found this message. It was written 20 years before she was born. Now, do I believe it? How would I not? What, am I going to do, question everything? It's a fun story. Message, it's like the time capsule stuff. I'm always amazed by the time capsule stuff. Because the idea of going around my house and, and asking myself, what could I bury today? I don't do that very often. But I always think they're cool when they, when they come up. This brings us over to Houston, where 150 employees have been fired or resigned. So the employees filed a lawsuit over a vaccination requirement. This is it. Happening at Indiana University right now from students... Do I have to get a vaccine? Can you force me to get a vaccine or not show up? What, what, what is that? So this is the Houston Methodist system. And they filed a, a lawsuit saying we, you can't force us to get the vaccine. Meanwhile, a judge is like, ah, no, you can't sue. If you don't like the requirement, you can go work somewhere else. Well, that's that, that's that's pretty interesting. I wonder how many requirements you can create that other people are like. No, it's unacceptable. That's an invasion of my privacy, or that's a, that's abusive towards me. So they either fired or got quit, or got fired or quit. All right, that's 150 employees. Some other group can can bring in, but it certainly is interesting that you would have hospital employees saying, "Yeah, we don't want the vaccine." I am not anti-vax. I am not anti-vax at all. I'm I'm fine with the vaccine. You want to get it great. If you don't, fine. You want to get, you know, yell at me about your 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 theory, please. No. No. But I I I I I will tell you that when you have a, a a series of people in uh, the, the the healthcare field who are stating uh, quite clearly 
that we don't want the vaccine, it does say something. It does speak to something. I don't think I don't think we can we can we can deny that. I think it speaks giant. Meanwhile, we're going to see what happens with the students over at IU or maybe in other places who are like, we don't want to have to be forced to get a vaccine to go to school. Now, I think maybe the same rule would apply if if this judge is saying it. You can go to another school. I would suggest going online. Going to community college for a couple years. Don't spend the money on this. I'm not even... I'm not even anti-college. I'm, I'm, I'm opposed to the idea that you have to go to college in order to have a career. That's nonsense. But college makes sense for some people. But if the school doesn't want you, well, go online. Stay at home. Wait until they change. You can wait them out. They may not be able to afford waiting you out. I'm Tony Katz.